I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the VEASAN Hockey Betting Podcast with VEASAN's hockey betting analyst, Andy McNeil. Here is Danny Burke. Okay, folks, welcome into another episode of VEASAN's Hockey Betting Podcast. It is Wednesday, May 10th. Danny Burke and Andy McNeil here with you to preview a couple games tonight, including the Panthers trying to sweep the Maple Leafs, and then we've got Edmonton trying to tie their series up with the Vegas Golden Knights at two games apiece. Also, a couple games to recap last night. To begin with, Andy, my friend, the Hurricanes coming through for us they demolished the New Jersey Devils 6-1 to and take a commanding 3-1 to series lead. Andy, of course, you took the Hurricanes on the money line, so props to you. I was sweating out that Hurricanes team total over 2.5, and, a half, and uh, once we got to the second period, not really a sweat whatsoever. Carolina on the adjusted series price, minus 750 at DraftKings. New Jersey, plus 590 at FanDuel. Man, how about it? Carolina just continuing to absolutely dominate this Devils team. What did you think of that matchup last night? Yeah, I mean, strong start from Jersey, but uh, that was the only time they were able to light the lamp, right? And and the Hurricanes uh, were able to tie up the game before the end of the first period, put up five goals in the second. Uh, they owned 64% of the shot attempts. They had a 69% edge in expected goals, according to EvolvingHockey.com. And from a betting perspective, once again, they they closed uh, as a sizable underdog, a lot bigger than I would have thought you would see either team at uh, in this series. And, I mean, you look forward to the game four 
money line. You're seeing Carolina at minus 120, New Jersey at even money at DraftKings. Uh, and it's clear that Carolina is the better team. Um, mm-hmm. They have a 57% edge in expected goals after four games. And, and I'm surprised that we saw twice in game three and game four that um, that their their money line got up to as high as plus 145 at some shops. So uh, they've outscored the Devils 21 to 11 uh, in four games, but they've held them to just one goal in three out of those four games. Of course, it was just that one offensive explosion by the Devils. Uh, and, you know, we talked about Vitek Vanacek, another uh, weak performance, bad performance from him. So uh, not looking good for New Jersey, for sure. Carolina really likes to play at home. They can probably finish this one off uh, in, in game number five. Um, but I wouldn't count the Devils out easy either, uh, uh, of course. And, you know, I, I think this this money line matches up more with my projection um, you know, that, that I had heading into the series. But if I, if I weighed it, the, the, the games in this series more, uh, it is a small sample, right? Four games. But if, if I did weight them more, I'd, I'd have to say Carolina or nothing at this point. Yeah. And, and looking at these numbers now for Thursday's game back at home, Carolina, we see about minus minus one twenty five, and then plus one Oh five for the devils total at five and a half. Some slight juice to the over minus 120. Uh, again, a lot of people expecting these games to continue to be high scoring, and that's how they've been. So, yeah, uh, again, I, I think, uh, I guess Circa's got minus 120. So that's the lowest on Carolina. And then the best price for the Devils looks to be the plus 110 at Circa. Uh, anything that would move the needle right now, Andy, or is it kind of a wait and see approach, you think? Um, yeah, it's, it's a wait and see for me, I guess if things got really out of hand, I, I, I might end up, uh, looking at the devils, but, um, I mean, you know, like I said, if, if, if I really had some conviction, I would have, I would have probably, uh, jumped on Carolina right on the, the, the opener. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, like I said, I'm not, I'm not ready to count the devils out and I'm, I'm, uh, a little torn, uh, on how much to to weight these these games just how you know we've seen things flip for for both of these teams before i mean this is the same core group in carolina for the most part that has uh you know failed to get the job done in the past yeah. uh, but it, it 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 looks pretty pretty one-sided uh, right now a lot of the time um you know like i said 57% edge throughout four games in 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 the series for for carolina so yeah, tough to see the Devils coming back. I've got Carolina winning 90% of the time. That's minus 900. So 9 to 1, uh, a fair price on the, the Devils uh, making a, a comeback and winning this thing in 7. Okay, and then we saw the Stars bounce back in Seattle. 6 to 3 with a nice dub. And finally, Jake Ottinger had a really solid performance. Uh, they tie the series up at two apiece, and then these adjusted series prices just completely swing in favor of Dallas naturally. But the best price I do see is at DraftKings, meaning the lowest amount of chalk on the Stars, minus 200 to win the series. And for Seattle, their best price, plus 180 over at FanDuel. Uh, I got a, I got a loss here with the prop. We were talking about this before we started recording. Rope hints uh, over two and a half shots on goal with his prop last night. Now, this is a, a contentious debate on Twitter, and you can obviously see the people, including myself, who thought that it should be at three because he had a backhanded shot at Grubauer in the third period. They put it as a shot on goal, and then they took it off. So that put him at three, then put him back down to two, and everybody's – just uh, analyzing in slow motion the shot that 
it was it debatably hit Grubauer's shoulder and then hit the post, but then they corrected it, I guess, and said it just hit the post and they took it off. So, uh, you know, call it whatever you want, but unfortunately, Hint stays under two and a half shots on goal. But like we said, Andy, uh, the stars do bounce back, and we saw a little bit better life out of Ottinger in that matchup last evening. Yeah, I mean, really, really strong performance from Dallas, especially in the first two periods. Um, but I'm not impressed with Jake Ottinger in this series. I mean, um, the, the Kraken had 10 shots on goal through 40 minutes. <laughs> And uh, and they still managed to put up put up three goals. Um, I, I, like I said, I mean, it's not his fault that his team was really good in the first in the first 40 minutes. Uh, they dominated, but it, it's, you know, it's concerning that he really just hasn't been able to, 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 to steal a game. He's been average to below average all series long. Um, and the stars are going to have, a, I think. You know, I mean, I think most teams will have a hard team dominating their opponent like that, you know, two games in a row. And we've seen it. Mm-hmm. You, you go across the playoffs and we, we see it happening where the, you know, the, the whole zigzag theory that, you know, teams teams come back with a strong effort after a loss, et cetera. But, um, you know, you see that on, on, on a game to game basis a lot. It doesn't really matter what the matchup is. Some matchups tend to be one sided, you know, game after game. But. Most are, are, you know, back and forth, just like the games are. So I think, um, you know, you, you look at Ottinger and I, I, if Dallas doesn't doesn't really dominate in, in at home in game number five, is is that, you know, is, is the score going to be a lot closer? Is this game going to be a lot tighter, right? So I have a fair price, uh, minus 160 in favor of the Stars. So um, I want to see that that crack in money line tick up, but I, I, you know, we're, it's a far way away from the plus one ninety, the, the two to one price that we had in game one and game two. Um, I don't think it's going to get back because for one, Jared McCann is back and we've seen uh, some good games out of the Kraken. Philip Grabauer uh, has been good. I don't think last night's uh, loss was on him. There were some, you know, goals he could have saved maybe, but uh, the the team did not play well in front of them and and uh, and and you know didn't get their offense going until late in the game. So um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'd I'd probably be willing to bet on Seattle, or I, I definitely would be if the if the price ticks up, uh, you know, closer to that plus one seventy five, plus one eighty range. Um, I'd, I'd get really interested then. Yeah, and you know we mentioned the series price as high as well. It's over two dollars in a lot of books, but the best one is minus two dollars for Dallas to win the series. And for the next game on our Visa odds page, consensus price is minus one ninety on the Stars, and then for the Kraken, it's plus one seventy. It looks like at South Point, plus one seventy five is available on the Kraken, and they have made an adjustment on that total too. Five and a half is where it's consistently been, but now it's ticked up to six flat. So. Uh, we'll see what kind of movements uh, for Thursday night's game between Seattle and Dallas. Been a hell of a series and looking forward for some more betting opportunities going forward as that series shifts back to Dallas with it knotted up at two apiece. I Andy, have, move. Sorry, oh, go ahead. I, I have a minus 178 for a, a fair price. Dallas winning 64% of the time. So, you know, right right at the neutral point there for uh, for for what we're seeing in the betting market. I don't think there's an edge on on either side yeah. at this point. 
Yeah, and even to just want to, you know, lay that much with Dallas based on how this series has gone in general is a uh, steep proposition. But of course, if you do, there's other ways to go about it. Puck line, win and regulation, which uh, we'll get into further tomorrow with all those different uh, angles that you can look to pursue. But yeah, right now, Dallas about minus 190 against Seattle, who's catching plus 170. So as for tonight, Andy, uh, this is your team, baby. I hate to say it, but I also love to say it because this is the team that knocked out your Bruins. But simultaneously, this is a team that's making it up for you by getting you dubs consistently against the Toronto Maple Leafs. And finally, you're kind of seeing this market take a drastic shift because Toronto opened, you know, as high as minus 130 or so. And, uh, well, now you see Florida catching anywhere from even money to actually laying a bit of a price there like minus 105 and Toronto's come down to like minus 115 total still at six and a half with juice to the over minus a buck 30 so looking here in Illinois like I was saying the best money line price on Florida if you do want to go in that direction is even money now if you want to go a step further and have the Panthers cover the puck line plus 235 is the price I saw at DraftKings Remember, uh, no Samson off for Toronto tonight. Joseph Wall is going to be in the net. Game three saved 18 to 21 shot attempts at about 42 and a half minutes logged on the ice. Kids just got 13 games of experience. And conversely, Sergei Bobrovsky, Andy, we've we spoke on him. I mean, this dude's been a stud this postseason. Third and goal saved above expected throughout the playoffs. What do you make of tonight's game? Are we going back to the well with the Florida Panthers one more time? I mean, if you if you I think if you were able to get a, a decent price on them at uh, at some point here before it kind of started to, to move towards them, maybe. But uh, I was I was always hesitant to get involved early. Um, you know, of course, the goaltending uh, Toronto's goaltending uh, is going to change things, but I still wouldn't be surprised. I mean, we've seen we've seen it in the, the, the playoffs already where it kind of looks like the, the, the line is trending towards closing in one direction and then all of a sudden. Uh, you know, some late steam comes in throughout the day or the later part of the day to push that line, uh, you know, in the in in the other direction. So uh, that's happened a few times. We've seen some really big pushes toward the Maple Leafs in this series. Um, like I said, I don't think we'll see them get up uh, as high. I mean, we, we had Florida getting up to the plus 140s uh, in, in game number three. That won't happen, or at least I don't think it will happen uh, in game four in game four, but, uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily be surprised to see it tick back up and, and see some money come in on Toronto. Uh, stranger things have happened. Um, you know, maybe there's somebody out there in the marketplace that has some sway that doesn't, that doesn't necessarily fact or believe in, in, in goaltending all that much or believe in the Panthers goaltending all that much. So mm -hmm. who knows? Um, we'll, we'll see though, but yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a stay away for me at this point. Uh, I think we've seen in the games, there are some live betting opportunities, uh, Florida's, you know, had 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 some comebacks and uh, and yeah. And, and I mean, both of these teams have have a lot of talented players that can cash in and in those high leverage situations. And the Leafs in particular have have, you know, a couple of players, a few players that really need to, you know, put forth a good effort and um, probably want to. I mean, you know, if, if nothing else to to be able to kind of hang their hat on that if it is the last game of the season. Right. So. Um, you know, we'll see what, what what guys like Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner and John Tavares, who were not good in game three, have to to bring to the game four tonight. So, um, yeah, I mean, Panthers are nothing, but uh, I'd, I'd like a, I'd like a, a bigger price. I have them winning the game forty nine point 
seven five percent of the time you know something like that's like a 50 50 thing right i want yeah i want to i want a bigger price yeah i hear you man and i've got nothing here on the side but like i was kind of listening if i did you know it would be on the side of florida or maybe even that puck line where you could get plus 235 but ultimately i think it's probably just going to be a wait and see in-game approach in terms of betting aside for this game you know maybe toronto goes up one nothing kind of like we saw last game and take advantage of a better money line price on florida so that's what i'll be seeking out if anything in terms of a side with four the total, times in yeah. 201 tries four times in 201 tries uh, has a team come back from zero and four? So <laughs> it's it's uh, not very not very plausible uh, to think that Toronto can do it, especially with their history. But man, uh, yeah, we'll see. And you know, aside from that side, that total at six and a half with that heavy juice to the over, I'm almost a little tempted to look toward the full game under. The unknown, of course, to, at least to me, would be Wall and what kind of performance this young kid can produce with their backs completely against a wall on the road, uh, almost about to get swept. So instead of looking for the full game total going under, I actually am doing the Toronto Maple Leafs team total under three and a half. Minus 125, you can get at DraftKings. Now, Toronto scored two goals in each of these games uh, this series, in each game this series, and we know how great Bobrovsky's been. He's got to have his best performance this game. Uh, the, the Panthers have kept both the Maple Leafs and Bruins under three and a half goals in seven out of ten games this playoffs. Uh, they're one of seven as Toronto on the power play this series. Evolving hockey, they've got Florida expected goals allowed per 60, 2.66. Toronto, 2.58 expected goals forced. And Toronto's only getting about 26 shots on goal per game, which is the second lowest throughout the qualifying postseason teams throughout the playoffs. But again, my my thought here is I think it's going to be a tighter played game. If Florida gets up maybe 1-0, it's just going to be almost not automatic defense. But the thought is let's be very conservative and and really try to maintain this lead as best we can and, and just play a great defensive game and get out of this series sweeping them. So uh, again, I think it's going to be tightly contested. Hopefully great goaltending again from Bobrovsky. And the fact that I'm getting the hook on the three and not laying too much egregious juice, I think that's a pretty solid look. And if, hey, they get three and it's late in the third and the empty nets in play, you know, you could always look to maybe try to hedge off with a live bet if you know that's coming in the foreseeable future. But, uh, yeah, that's a play I'm going to be rocking with, Andy. Uh, Maple Leafs team total under three and a half at minus 125. So, uh, yeah. You are going to be sweating. (laughs) Big time. I know Maple Leafs will be coming out hot, so I'm going to need our boy uh, Bobrovsky to uh, pull through early. On Every power play <laughs> is going to be absolutely tor- you know, just just torturous for you to watch because uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's it's going to be it's going to be it's going to be really 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 fun uh, for yeah. me to live vicariously through you on that one. <laughs> Oh, for sure. Yeah, maybe just wait to watch the game till like midway through the second <laughs> so I don't completely kill myself. But uh, yeah, we uh, we shall see. So good one to look forward to there. Game four with the Maple Leafs and the Panthers. And then, of course, Andy, we have got the Golden Knights looking to get another dub on the road against the Edmonton Oilers. But the odds are telling you that, hey, the Oilers should be a sizable favorite here. They're as high as minus 190 at home against the Golden Knights, plus 170 on the buyback for VGK. Total as high as seven, although the juice is on the under, minus 125. Looks like it's going to be Aiden Hill in the net instead of Brossois, taking on Stuart Skinner. Uh, Hill saved 24 out of 24 shots in the 48 minutes he logged in the last game. 
And then the game prior, he was in for 20 minutes, stopped four out of four shot attempts. Regular season, uh, 7.54 goals saved above expected in 27 games played. So it's not like Hill's just some random dude you're throwing in there. He's got some fairly respectable numbers. How do you factor in the Aiden Hill situation for tonight's game, Andy? Yeah, it's 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 certainly not a downgrading goal. I, I don't think so. I mean, you know, pretty pretty. I, I don't think uh, I don't think Vegas will stray too far from the baseline that they've set over the last little while. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, I've had confidence in Aiden Hill to be good. So, um, I, I I don't think it's a I don't think it's a bad move. The the Golden Knights are set up pretty well in the goaltending department. You know, all things considered. Uh, so you know, I I think they'll be fine. Um, I think I'm more worried about Edmonton and, you know, any kind of rash decision they might make. But uh, I would say they'll probably go back to Stuart Skinner. I haven't seen anything, any, you know, official confirmation that that's happening yet. Uh, maybe I've maybe I've missed that. But, um, you know, that's been my assumption because I think Edmonton obviously did not give Skinner. A, a, you can say what you want about Skinner's game, but the Oilers didn't show up for for him in in game three either mm-hmm. um so uh, i'm not sure that that now is the time that they'll make a switch if they will make a switch there was a a good reason that jack campbell you know is the backup right he, he wasn't good this season um the oilers were worse when he was in goal i mean like it's hockey's weird and maybe maybe like putting him in the net would would somehow you know inspire them to to put forth this this incredible performance tonight but uh, i think you know you look at it uh, on the other hand we just talked about teams kind of bouncing back anyway and the, mm-hmm. the whole zigzag theory then edmonton should should come out with a, a pretty strong performance tonight right so um i don't think they need to make a switch in goal to make that happen so i i have their money line priced around minus 170 once again i think you know the the odds are a little bit inflated maybe uh, towards towards their their side and i wouldn't bet on the oilers to win the game um so i'm basically gonna sit this one out see what happens i'm i'm hesitant to bet the oilers live like they were a team heading into the playoffs that i wanted to to see go down early in games because i knew they had the capability capability to come back uh you know in, in a game so um it's been it's been pretty jarring to see how bad they've been once Vegas has, you know, stolen back. They come out, they get this early lead in game one. Vegas steals it back, goes up by, a, you know, more goals, and, and Edmonton doesn't have an answer. Same thing happens in game three. So um going to be interesting to see what kind of adjustments to make, how they start the game, how they respond if Vegas scores first or or takes another, you know, multi-goal lead. Uh, it'll be really telling. And and if they don't respond well, then I guess this series is not going to be a long one like a lot of us expected. So, um, yeah, right now, I mean, I've, I've got nothing pregame for tonight as 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 of right now. And uh, I'll let everybody know if that changes and it's widely available, then I can post it at Beeson.com. But if it's if it's some price, it's some obscure book that, that nobody can access, you know, that most people don't have access to or something <laughs> like that, that it's a different story altogether. Right. So, um, but yeah, I mean. It's uh it's a good night for hockey, two really great games. Um should get a good effort from the Maple Leafs and and uh, a good effort from the Oilers. Uh so that that should make for some uh, exciting hockey with all the star power that's involved here. No doubt, no doubt. And I'm with you here with Edmonton VGK. Got nothing pre-flop. Uh probably again just waiting to see for 
any in-game perspective, maybe VGK goes up one nothing, and uh, Edmonton still looks like they're putting the pressure on. Perhaps that could be a good in, uh, in-game scenario to jump in on the Oilers at a little bit better of a price. But yeah, we're gonna need think, uh, we're gonna need our Oilers our uh, Oilers to come through here, Andy. <laughs> I think uh, I think it kind of gets understated, you know, just like kind of the shift we're seeing in in hockey right yeah. now with. Um, you know, I mean, obviously, Connor McDavid's been to the playoffs uh, multiple times and, and Leon Dreisaitl and, you know, Austin Matthews, Fitchmarter and stuff. But, you know, you're seeing these teams really start to break through and kind of become the best of the best. And, um, you know, you're seeing that the players, it's it's uh, a real changing of the guard uh, over these last couple of years uh, in terms of, you know, who the who the big time players are in the playoffs. I mean, the lightning are gone. Who is it? It's Matthew Kachuk. It's Austin Matthews. It's Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl. Um, you know, even the avalanche are out, but you know, like it's, uh, it's, you know, it's just, it's just interesting. Like you're seeing a lot of, a lot of guys here kind of, uh, create their legacies, I guess, so to speak. Right. So, uh, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see how this kind of progresses over the next few years. Like we're watching Connor McDavid versus Jack Eichel right now and probably take it for granted, right? Like the, those are two amazing hockey players. And at one time we're, you know, the biggest, it was the the biggest debate in the hockey world, right? Like who, who would go, who was better or who was going to be better, even though a lot of people thought it was Connor McDavid, uh, you know, kind of no questions asked, but um, it's, uh, it's an interesting time to be a hockey fan. And I think, uh, if the NHL can pull their head out of the, you know what, then they, they might do a better job. I mean, even Snoop Dogg's calling them out for, for, for marketing their game terribly. Right. I mean, like nobody in the States, like I'm sure if you go, maybe, maybe not in Chicago, but like I've seen people, you know, asking this, like people in the United States, like in, in cities where there are NHL teams, like, you know, do you know who Connor McDavid is? And nope. Right. So, I mean, (laughs) <laughs> so it's, uh, it's pretty it's pretty uh, incredible on the NHL's part that they they haven't found a way to market this guy and some of their other young stars that are really uh, really exciting and some of the more charismatic not Connor McDavid but some of the Matthew <laughs> Kachuk, Matthew Kachuk right I mean like some of the some of the more charismatic players that we've had in the league maybe ever and uh, they're they're out there and I think uh, I think even Leon Drysaddle has a lot of personality he probably doesn't get enough credit for that so. Um, yeah, I don't know. That was, I just, just kind of thought that was interesting, something I was thinking about last night. Yeah, and Andy, before we head out, I know there's a conversation we kind of wanted to touch on a little bit more so, and it goes in correlation with what I was saying with the uh, Rope Hints prop, where I had at over two and a half, marked as three, then went back down to two, and there's a whole debate on Twitter whether or not it did count as a shot on goal or not. But you and I were kind of going back and forth talking about, are there examples such is reflecting similar to this in other sports. And I brought up, well, there was that whole conspiracy with, and not saying that the shot on goal is a conspiracy or anything, but we're talking about the stack keepers and, you know, how they mark certain plays. And in the NBA, Jaron Jackson Jr., who went on to get defensive player of the year, there was a conspiracy from a guy on Reddit who said his stats are getting padded when he plays at home by that stat keeper because he's going to favor his hometown guy, right? His home team guy. And there were videos to kind of prove it a little bit and nothing came to it except it was addressed, but there was a little bit of evidence to suggest, all right, maybe that's a tad bit more favorable. So again, I'm not saying this was the example for last night, but it just goes to show that it's not always going to be consistent or a hundred percent reliable with how some of these shots, how some of these little stats that may not mean a lot in the grand scheme of things, but from a betting perspective are going to be marked Andy. Yeah, and I mean, 
in the age of betting and the age of everybody, <laughs> not everybody, but a lot of people uh, questioning the integrity of these sports, um, you know, ever since they've, they've begin, began to struck deals with uh, sports books and whatnot. And, you know, you've got your, your, the biggest stars, Connor McDavid, Austin Matthews, et cetera, Wayne Gretzky, all advertising and uh, with, with different sports books and whatnot. Um, you know, like I think the NHL should be doing everything possible to ensure that the, you know, the integrity of the game is upheld. And, and I don't know that they are. I, and, and I don't know that it's like an intentional thing. I, I'm not saying that. I just, I just don't know if they maybe understand the areas that they're, they're falling short in. Um, and, uh, I, I'm, I don't have as as intimate knowledge of the play you're talking about as you do because i probably didn't watch it a hundred times like you did but um <laughs> there are there are definitely instances in in throughout the nhl season where there are some de some questionable things that happen and there are never any answers and i mean one example that i've always come back to is um you know there there is scorekeeper bias and i'm sure that you know a scorekeeper in one area or one city maybe been doing it a long time, maybe they are able to read plays and, and kind of, you know, kind of take into the account, the intention of the player. Like was the player intending, sure. uh, you know, to, to, to register a shot on goal or were they intending to, you know, have the goaltender glove it so that they would stop play and, and the face off would, would, uh, would be, uh, you know, brought to that, that end of the ice. Um, I've seen, seen plays where they don't credit something like that as a shot on goal in certain buildings. And, you know, in other buildings, that's automatic. There's no thought about it. And I lean towards the latter being the right way to do things, because once you start to really let the human element in, involved, it's it, I don't know what the you know, what the the right thing to do is on a on a on a, on in terms of every single play. I mean, it just I think it can get muddied up really quick. Um, I'm not sure how the NHL views it at the end of the day. I mean, I know what they consider a shot on goal to some degree. But uh, in my mind, I think that it should just be, you know, did the did the puck hit the goaltender? Did the player shoot the puck? Like, did you know, was right. was their intention? Did they did they make some kind of forward motion with their stick that hit the puck toward the net? And did it hit the goaltender or go in the net? And that should be the basis of whether it was a shot on goal or not. I think if you try to, you know, add context to it, I mean, we all know. Uh, like, I mean, I, I mean, the, 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 the knowledgeable hockey fans know when they're watching a game, they can kind of sort out, you know, what was really intended to be a, a shot and what was just kind of like a, a floater sent to the goaltender, uh, or maybe not even meant to necessarily be sent to the goaltender. Maybe it was, you know, uh, an inch outside the post or something or a couple of inches outside the post, but it just ends up in the goaltender's glove because of, uh, you know, where he's positioned or, or whatnot. Um, I think uh, I think I think the best way to go about it is just to kind of have some kind of cut and dry uh, mm -hmm. things. But I don't know. I, I do think the NHL has to to put as much effort into this as they do with these meaningless in-game reviews and and uh, <laughs> and whatnot. At least in the regular season, um, you know, like they do a lot of meaningless stuff. They could at least put the effort in in the playoffs to get everything right when it comes to player props and stuff like that. I don't know right. what the answer is on a grand scale. Like uh, they have 1300 games to do in the, in the regular season. I'm not sure what the, the, the solution is, but 
somebody smarter than me or, or or a team of people could probably figure it out if they were you know given the directive to do so but uh i don't know i don't know if there's anybody at the nhl that that cares about this right so um yeah that's that's all i've got to say i think i think they can do better yeah for sure and especially when these leagues are becoming partners with these sports books you got to take it more seriously and every little play does matter to your clientele that's going to be betting on this religiously so that's why the nba is kind of you know really stepped up and review every single play essentially toward the end of a game even yeah. if it's a blowout did the shot get off or not because that impacts the spread in thousands and thousands of dollars another thought like you know is, is i mean any of your friends that don't that don't gamble um, and don't live in an NHL city or a, or an NFL city or let, let's just talk about hockey. Like if they don't live in an NHL city, like but they're hockey fans, you know, like ask them how much money they spent on the NHL last year or in the last five years. It's probably nothing right. Like outside of like, you, you know, the average fan is what buying a jersey once every, you know, several years and and sure. that's that's probably their biggest purchase you know as far as like you know giving their hockey team money and then maybe they get the nhl package for a couple of hundred bucks a year uh and and that's it right like after that there's there's no more money being spent on the nhl and i mean so gambling is a huge thing for hockey and every other sport because mm-hmm. um i don't sometimes i i wonder you know outside of advertising and stuff like you know, man, like that, like how do they make as much money as they say they do? Because like I, I certainly don't spend a, a lot of money on being a hockey fan, right? Like I, I watch the games, I have the NHL package, and and you know I, I buy a jersey every every once in a while. But I mean, like it's it's not something that I'm spending money on every week and, and outside of gambling, right? So uh, right. I I mean I think I think gambling is is obviously very very important. Uh, to to the professional sports and and revenue, so now for sure. And uh, again, this is we're only going to get. We're the ones that were they should be making happy, is what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. They don't have to, uh, not not like not across the board. I mean, they don't have to like cater to us right. all the time. But in the areas that matter, you know, in the you know, they, this this has to be taken care of. So that's I guess that's the main point that I would like to get across. Oh, for sure. I mean, look, the amount of people who, again, either bet it and don't watch or start betting slash watching in the postseason, especially is huge. And they only are doing it because they can bet on it. And it's not just hockey. It's a lot of sports like baseball. Not everybody loves baseball. It's a hard sport to watch and sit through, uh, sit and watch through for a lot of people. I personally love it. It's one of my favorite sports, but I get why some people are not as attracted to it as, of course, watching football or basketball or even hockey. So, yeah, that's why the betting space for the NHL, for all these leagues, is so important to really make sure you get it right because people want things to be held accountable. And, well, we'll see how it comes in the uh, in the future days, months, and years, but yeah, it's, uh, I guess, uh, one step at a time type of thing. And again, it's not saying that the call was incorrect, but it just brought up the conversation of it. So something important to be uh, to be discussing. And I know it's been happening with a lot of other leagues, too. So, um, yeah, we'll see how that's impacted going forward. But Andy, awesome stuff as always, my man. Folks, be sure to follow Andy on Twitter at Digital Gambler. Make sure you're checking out his content over at vsin.com. That's V-S-I-N. 
NHL.com. Under the NHL tab, you can get McNeil's columns for all of his write-ups, more of a visual approach in terms of his projections for the games and the series. As for myself, at Danny Burke 5 and like Andy mentioned earlier in the show, if we do have any additional plays, it will be listed over at VEASAN.com under the Pro Picks at a Glance page. So make sure you're giving that a check as well, uh, not just our plays, but every show host and guests. So again, that's going to do it for us on this Wednesday. Thank you for tuning in. Best of luck with all your plays this evening. Tomorrow, we're going to have Chuck Esposito of Stations Casino, big hockey fan and bookmaker joining the show. So you won't want to miss it. Until then, take care, folks. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.